Welcome everyone to the Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. This is your host, Helen Edwards. This is my first solo cast of 2022, and I'm glad you are here for it. One of the things I'm going to be doing this year is getting more vulnerable on this platform. This is one of the ways that I can stay aligned with my authenticity to staying raw and real with myself and all of you. If you've been following me for a while, then you might have seen the videos on Facebook and TikTok about my mother's final days. I'd like to take you on a journey with me over the past few months. Earlier in October of last year, I had taken two weeks to hit the road and spend time with my friends and family back in my home state of Arizona. To be clear, that's October of 2021. During the tail end of my trip, I stopped to spend time with my mother in Kingman, Arizona. Something was really off with me. I had to return to Wyoming and I was having a really hard time leaving Arizona again. I kept telling everyone I felt like I was grieving something. I kept saying that I was possibly grieving Arizona since I've lived there for 16 years and all of a sudden, sorta all of a sudden, I found myself living in Wyoming for a year back and forth actually between Arizona and Wyoming. But I'd been back and forth so many times throughout the last year that I didn't understand why I was now feeling this grief. I kept telling my mom I feel slightly depressed and super sad and it was really hard to shake. And for me to feel depressed is really unusual. My mom being the caring mother she always was just listened and loved me right where I was. She'd say, all right, well, maybe we just need to go somewhere today. So we did. We just go get juice and sit at the park and just talk about life. Meanwhile, I noticed my mom was in some kind of physical pain. And I'd always tell her, go see a doctor. Something my sisters and I would tell her all the time. See, my mom was the rebellious type, kind of old school. She would do everything in her power not to visit the doctors. I ended up going back to Wyoming where I spent a romantic weekend with my amazing boyfriend, Rob. Literally four days later, after spending time with my mother in Arizona, I received a text from my mom while I was in Wyoming that she had checked herself into hospice. You guys, my heart dropped. After working in the medical field for a few years, I knew exactly what the term hospice meant. This was serious. I called her immediately. She answered the phone saying that the doctor had her admitted to the hospice because she has stage four pancreatic cancer. Then she quickly said she had to go and call me back. I felt like I got punched in the gut a feeling I had felt before when I got the news of my brother taking his life in August of 2017. I immediately jumped to call my other three sisters. We were all freaking out. I couldn't just wait. I called my mom back after a few and she answered the phone and she was laughing. She was saying, I broke out of hospice, Non. Non is what they, my whole family calls me. She said, I broke out of hospice, Non. If I'm going out, I'm going to go out with a bang. I want a big, big party, a big celebration of life. I'm going to go out the way I want to. I could hear a friend in the background shouting, the doctor gave your mom morphine for her pain. Don't worry, she is safe. I'm driving her home. 
I could hear both of them laughing, having the grandest time, like they were two teenagers who broke out of a girl's home, heading on a big adventure. I couldn't help but laugh a bit when they with them and say, why am I not surprised, mom? That was the last time I heard my mom, 100% like her wild and crazy self, a memory I'll have with me forever. That was also the last time she had 100% full control of her own life choices. To describe my mother would take forever. If you've watched my videos or seen anything about me or read my book, Nothing Sexier Than Freedom, then you've probably gotten to know my mom. I have a lot of her traits. (laughs) She had so many parts of her that collectively made her her. I could probably spend a whole podcast alone just describing all the parts of my mom. For now, I will say she was the epiphany of what a free spirit is. When my family found out about my mother's diagnosis, all four of my mother's daughters, I as one of them, packed up to be by her side. My sister Kathy and her daughter, my niece Daisy, moved from Alabama and Florida to Arizona. My sister Melissa came in from Oregon with her two daughters. My sister Mitzi, who had gotten a major promotion the day we found out about my mother's diagnosis, lived only an hour away. We all came to my mother's side. I, of course, went back from Wyoming to back to Arizona. My mom and stepdad lived between two homes, Kingman, Arizona, and 40 acres outside of Wickiup, Arizona. We call the 40 acres the ranch. They had two horses, a cow, chickens, ducks, goats, dogs, and a cat. My mom loved that ranch more than anything. That was her place of peace after my brother had passed. She was also a big part of a women's motorcycle group called the Cactus Cuties. That was her sisterhood, also known as the Women in the Wind. After we all gathered, after we ironed out all the heightened emotions and craziness, because you can't get news like this and not have some kind of family crazy, that's when life got real. A week after the diagnosis, when my mom had her appointment with oncologists and finding out that this was it, there is no cure, no treatment, no possible way out of this. Mom was terminal with a possible three-month life expectancy. Unless you have been through this, I can't even begin to describe how painful this news is. As someone who's a big believer in everything holistic and woo-woo, of course, that was on the table. My stepdad, the biggest health nut in all due respect, tried everything researched everything, put my mom on the craziest and strictest health diet. It was actually upsetting to be honest, but I understand he was trying to save her. We all were. She knew that. See, my stepdad is a godly man, and so is my sister Kathy. They did prayers, scripture, maybe some holy water, all over that house. I watched as everyone poured in prayers, love, and remedies to help. She was swarmed with people wanting to see her and be with her. 
Mom was so loved and had made so many relationships throughout her life. She was special beyond belief. My sisters and I began to have private conversations with her when we'd help her to the bathroom. We call them the bathroom conversations with mom. It's there she would tell us important information. One of our first conversations, she said, I'm not afraid to go, I'm ready. I've been ready, I get to see Richard. Richard is my brother. I told her I understand she is ready. I just wasn't ready. Over the next three months, November, December, January, we'd watch my mother slowly lose piece of herself every day. The ability to talk, walk, sit up, eat, and her weight dropped to skin and bones. Every day was about love, kindness, and compassion. Every day I was with mom, I put on essential oils and did a washing over her. That is something we always did. Every time I saw mom, I always sang a song with her and we'd dance all the time. This wasn't something new, it's something we always did throughout our life together. I kept this bond all the way to the end. When all of this first began, I wasn't sure if I should video any of it, but I just started to for my own purposes. My stepdad did not like the idea of it at all in the beginning. Mom actually liked doing the videos. It brought some fun and life back to her since she was too weak to go anywhere. It's like we brought the fun to her. I didn't know the videos were going to give an insight to end of life care to so many. One of the videos got over 1.3 million views on TikTok alone. When I showed my mom and stepdad, both of them began to cry. My stepdad would start telling me, record this, record that. I think he realized how many lives were being inspired by sharing mom's journey. My sister, Kathy, my niece, my stepdad, and I all became my mother's caregivers for in-home hospice. We put everything aside, our businesses, our relationships, our social life, everything. The only thing I felt keeping me sane was the daily visits to the gym. I tell my sisters, all the sadness and grief energy is coming in and it has to have an outlet or else it will fester and can be somewhat destructive. Every day with mom was different. Some days she had an hour throughout the whole day for socializing and conversation. Some days she was too ill and medicated to, to do anything. Some days I'd just sit there and hold mom's hand and tell her about my day. She would say a few words and then sleep or ask for ice chips. She would light up when one of her grandkids video chatted with her. My nephew Adrian or my son Elijah would video chat and she got super excited. My boyfriend Rob had a special bond with my mom, unlike any man before him. Mom loved Rob instantly. My sisters would say it's because Rob has a lot of my brother's characteristics, but that just made me feel a bit weird. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Rob and mom video chatted all the time. I honestly couldn't believe how much my mom loved and adored my boyfriend, but it made me very happy to see. 
Mom had told me that now she doesn't have to worry about me because she knows I'm in good hands. That all her girls are taken care of and she can rest in peace. She was right about that. Mom did have her big, big party, her celebration of life, which landed on her birthday, December 5th, 2021. Mom had just turned 63. She made an appearance but didn't stay long because she began to feel sick. My boyfriend Rob was pushing her wheelchair out when lines of people gathered to touch her and hug her on her way out of the building. Rob says he'd never seen anything like it ever. In his words, it was like she was Mother Teresa or something. Everyone was trying to touch her. I was all choked up. Your mother is loved by everyone. Yes, she is. It's been a little bit over a month since mom's passing and I've come to the reality that I'm still utterly heartbroken. I began to listen to my first book on grief called It's Okay That You're Not Okay by Megan Devine. It's been the book and the words that I needed to hear while going through this. Learning to be okay with my sadness and grief Learning to let go of the idea to get over it, or find joy in pain, or be thankful for the time I did get, but instead allow myself to be sad and allow myself to experience and live alongside this grief. I can still love myself, still find gratitude, still find smiles and good times, but also grieve. Because honestly, I just don't want to get over it. My mother and I had a very close relationship. She was my biggest cheerleader and my go-to for all my secrets and stories. I probably talked to my mom every day. And the days I went without talking to her, it was really weird. Last month, I had a girls trip, girls weekend trip in Prescott, Arizona with some of my closest friends. I kept it real from the jump saying, I'm not okay. I'm having a hard time right now. But that doesn't mean we can't have a marvelous time. And we did have an epic weekend. I'm learning to live with my grief again. One thing I've realized is that grief changes you and it should change you. Someone you love is now gone. Taking part in caring for my mother in her final days has definitely changed me. I was always hustling, trying to make big moves and get ahead. When I dropped everything to spend time with my mom, I realized I would drop anything for the ones I love. I would live out of my car and eat 99 cents tacos if I had to survive to be close to my loved ones for their final days. There is no doubt in my mind or myself that I am not capable of rebuilding. Therefore, the price to pay to be with my loved ones is little in comparison to the limited time I get to spend with them. I understand not everyone thinks the way I do and that is okay. In fact, I don't care who thinks like me or not. Spending time with mom, watching her bravery through her final days showed me not only the strength in living, but also the strength in dying.
I got to witness and live with her along the journey. It's true. In the end, it's not stuff or wealth you take with you. It's the presence of your loved ones around you. It's people who make your end of life good or miserable. Since then, I've been taking some steps back from the hustle and grind. I decided to shift. I'm still shifting. I'm reviewing my relationships and wanting to pour more of my energy in creating memories with all of those who I love. I want to build my life and dreams with my partner. I want to laugh more with my friends and spend more time in nature and adventure. Watching my mom ask to just go put her toes in the dirt outside made me realize the simplest pleasures of life. That one day, the trip to the coffee shop where she ordered not just one, but two hot cocos was everything to her in December. I can still close my eyes and see every moment spent with, spent with my mom like it was yesterday. <sighs> For any of you who have gone through loss or grief, or are going through it now. My heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to you. It is very true what is said. The true cost of love is loss. <laughs> oh, how that sucks, <laughs> it sucks. I think of all the people I love, my sisters, my family, my friends, my son, and I hear myself, say, I can't imagine. And this instantly brings my memories of myself back when I said the same exact words about my mother, about my brother, about my father. I can no longer say I can't imagine, but rather I'm going to connect and love them as much as I possibly can in this weird human lifetime before I can't imagine becomes reality. I've shifted. I've spent some time alone, reviewing my life. I began to draw my energy back to myself. I've had to make some hard and tough decisions these past few weeks with my ongoing projects. I've had to cancel some big projects, discontinue some projects that I've invested tons of money and time into. I began to let go of ideas and plans that I held on to for so long so I can recalculate my energy. I've realized how important it is to return to myself, my glow, my compassion and rituals. This has changed me and I'm okay with it. As I wrap this episode up, I wanna offer some suggestions for you and your loved ones. Ask your loved ones, what's their favorite flowers or plants? Is there a smell that makes them think of you? For me, it was essential oils of lavender, peppermint, eucalyptus, rosemary, bergamot, wild orange, and lemon that I used with my mother. That's what I'd applied daily 
when I did my washing rituals. She knew my smell when she lost her ability to see. What songs or melodies do you sing with your loved ones? Research shows, excuse me, research shows that certain parts of the brain will still remember sound vibrations when the memory begins to fade. The day my mother began to pass, I got to her side 40 minutes prior and held her hand. I put the essential oils on and did a washing over her. I kept saying, I'm here, mom. Nani's here. I'm strong enough to be by your side and help you walk through to the next life, mom. You are not alone. That day she had the death rattle, which is a type of breathing that is a sign of active dying of a loved one. It's a loud breathing sound. She also had a fever and a rag on her head. I began to wipe her gently with a rag, soon putting the rag to the side and blowing on her face, caressing her hair to the side, repeating an Apache chant. After chanting the words, I began to sing them to her. Her eyes then rolled back, began to shift over to look at me. I said, that's right, mom. It's your daughter, Nan, sitting right here. You're safe. It's okay to go, mom. We will be okay. You can join Richard now. I kept singing and chanting the words, both in Apache and English, as I watched her breathing slow and become more calm. Soon coming to a stop, her eyes looked forward and there she took her last breath. I looked at my clock and saw that she hadn't took another breath for two minutes. And I said out loud to my stepdad, it's been two minutes. Everyone ran over and I just held her hand. It all felt surreal. When we agreed, she passed. We bathed her with a cloth of lavender and warm water, changed her in a nice dress and did her hair. We covered her and waited for the morgue to come and get her. There was a peace in the room because we all knew mom was no longer suffering. I'll end this part one of my journey with grief of losing my mother. I'm going to do two more episodes about this this journey of grief. And I invite any of my listeners to email me if you'd like to share a little portion of your journey as well, or even just send an email of a review, or if you just like to say something to a loved one who is going through a hard time or or going through their final days, we'd love to hear from you and share something out to the universe about you and your loved one. You can email me at sexyfreedomnow at gmail.com or you can click the show notes and the link is in there and go ahead and contact us. We'd love to hear your review. I just want to say that grief, loss, sadness, It does need to be talked about more 
and I'm opening that door up to talk about talk about it and sharing my own story so that all of you out there know that you're not alone. Grief is very much a part of this human experience. I love you. I'm going to end it by saying follow and subscribe in the link in the show notes for more. Stay tuned for part two. Thank you for all the continued support and reviews, friends. Till next time. Ahia. Thank you.